You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain Broadway. Gobble, 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 gobble. Um, just so you're aware. Gobble, 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 gobble. Just so you're aware, Kevin. We're doing Frank Rich's intro now. Oh. Damn. Did you want to go to favorite things? I thought we were doing favorite things. No, no, no. Let's keep going. We'll get, we'll do favorite things. I'm fine. I'm flexible. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. No, let's go. I'm ready for favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Because okay, I messed up. This is, I think it's charming. Well, gobble, 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 gobble. Okay. You know why, Rob? Well, you know why? Because today's turkey day. It's Thanksgiving. It's turkey lurkey time. I hope you guys are having a wonderful time preparing, getting your stomachs ready, getting your livers ready, getting your family ready. For the drinking? Everything ready. Yeah, I'm, I cannot wait to eat. I love, love Thanksgiving. What's your favorite food of Thanksgiving? Well, my family, we're very, uh, we have tradi- very traditional, but uh, I must say that in my family, we make a mean green bean casserole and a green bean casserole is you always have to make enough that you have it for thanksgiving and then invariably at nine o'clock at night when you bring the leftovers out again for like second thanksgiving mm-hmm. you make turkey sandwiches mm-hmm. there always has to be enough green bean casserole left over so you can eat that this is very specific yeah yeah how are you um <laughs> no i love it i love it minus stuffing we're together by the way for the first time you guys rob and i are in the same room recording which we're very excited about it's kind of it's it's a little weird because i'm looking at you face to face i know <laughs> A little nervous, and you don't have your headphones on. And the reason why you thought that we were, uh, we Rob thought we were doing Frank Rich's introduction is because it's because I said, "Hey, let's record Frank Rich's introduction." Okay, well, I got excited about my favorite and thing. Got off the rails third, again. Thanksgiving, and that we're so we're going to call Frank Rich in a little bit, and we're going to have a little chat with him. Little chat, yeah. little chat. He's only His giving us time. Is very, very, very short. It is okay. So we've been trying to get him now since we started Years. this, and he was finally like, "God bless him." He's like, "I've got." I'll tell you what happened when we first reached out to him. I reached out to him right before the election. And he right. was like, oh, he's like, I have to write a piece, but after the election, things should get quieter. <laughs> not the case at all. Mr. Not Rich the, is a little busy. Not the case at all. So he's a little busy. Plus, he's the executive producer on Veep. Oh, yeah. And my New York magazine that I get every week or every two weeks, he, he's like the, yes. the major political writer for that. Absolutely. I mean, he runs f- front page articles for that. So he is so kind. He's giving us half an hour. Very nice. Via, via the phone. And we're very excited about yeah. that. I'll take him any way that I can get him. So I'm Amen. very excited. We, we, I'm wondering, you know, John Simon is still alive. We have got to get John, and I just saw him on. I just saw him like a couple he of was weeks on ago. Theater talk, right? Yes. Did you see that? And too? he he looks great. I he mean, he le- 
fabulous. And he's and I've been reading a lot of books lately that took you know take place in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and he he's. He was around a lot. I mean, yeah. he was, he's oh, got yeah. opinions too. And I just think it would be really interesting to get opinions. some opinions. Offens- yeah. Offensive opinions, but opinions nonetheless. I, uh, I, I saw an article in the New York, uh, New York Times book review about um, a book on tape that has made a resurgence. Yes. What is it? What uh, and is it, it is it? Do- uh, Stories of Dorothy Parker, read <laughs> by Elaine Stritch. What? Yes. From 1995, this, she made this. And then they, they just Shh. released it on audio tape. So you, I didn't even know I had this app on my phone, the books app. And you can go to aud- aud- Audible or whatever, and you can download the, the audio book. And it's Stritch. And it's prime Stritch. And I'm telling you, Stritch reading Dorothy Parker, there's, it's, it's great. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's 11 bucks. It is so worth it. So I just got to give a little. That's not my favorite thing today, but I just had to give a little Elaine shout Stritch out on that. Dorothy. Yeah. I wonder what other like authors Elaine Stritch could have done at like, some point in her life. Like, <laughs> Do you want to hear like Dr. Seuss? Sophie Tucker. If Sophie Tucker. Like, no. No. I want to hear Dr. Seuss. Oh, like you're thinking like. Green really, ham. You're thinking really outside the box. Like, Sam, I am. <laughs> I do not like it in a car. I do not like it in a bar. Yeah. No, she likes it in a bar. <laughs> she likes it. I love it in a car. I love it in a bar. Who's got the booze? Where's Who's the gin? The booze? You got a little small ones? <laughs> one Hotel fish. Size? One fish. Three fish. Wrong. <laughs> She'd always she always had a shot of Fairnet, uh, Fairnet before she make any entrance Wrong. because uh, it helped her. It's a digestive, oh, oh, so it helped her her stomach when she would go on stage. Although I don't know if you necessarily need a shot before every entrance, but <laughs> nonetheless, she did. Cat in the hat was Ben Gazzara. <laughs> I was a virgin till I was a hundred and two, <sighs> and I'm gonna talk through a song. Don't give it to me. <laughs> She doesn't remember. It's right there on the page, Elaine. Oh, it's, right there. it's just a book on tape. It is. I wonder what else she would do. That's so good. I, I like this. Her Dr. Seuss would be good. Dr. Seuss would be a really I good I do not one. want to have her read the Bible. No. Well, she no. was there, so she probably could have well, corrected it. <laughs> just the New Testament. Turn the water into a gimlet. <laughs> it's not not at it's all correct. So wrong. Not at all. I'm just, so I'm just sharing. Hey, guess what I'm seeing again tomorrow? What? The prom. You lucky duck! Seeing it twice. Why now? How'd you get? To, why, why are you getting? Because my it? my assistant Ben is on the on the marketing team. Fantastic! So I begged him. Oh, I think it's going to be. I would. I can't wait to see it again because I know it's going to be even better the second time. Everyone just goes like see the chaperone. Yes, just like the dress series. Chaperone. The more I put into that show, the more I got out of it, and my sides are still hurting. It's yes. Yeah, and I'm very happy about the reviews. Me they were good too. Reviews. They were glowing reviews. They were, you know, they were. I thought that they nailed it, and they really said what the sh- what the great things were about the show. Yes. And yeah, hey, yeah. folks, the prom is um, not based on a movie. It doesn't have a cast of you know reality star celebrities in it. So go out and support it. It's it's exactly what we're looking for. It's new musical theater. New, new musical theater. Go out and support it. It's a love letter to musical comedy. It, it really is a love is. letter it, to I, musical I, comedy. I, I, yeah. yeah. So please, go. Yeah. Go. Go. I saw a chorus line at Encores. <gasps> oh, did you have a good time? Was I had it a the, great time. All original choreography. All original choreography. Bobby Dion was in, and Bayarkali were both part of it. I don't think they can do anything that isn't the original choreography. Now, that is really fascinating to me. And I think I sent you a text because we hung yeah. out that day that you went to go see it. Because I, 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 I'm... I'm how do they keep that the law of the land that they, they that you don't reinvent it? We're going to only do the Michael Bennett choreography. And I'm not saying you should, but I, you know, we do. I don't know. I it, think it's contractual, like the West is. Side Story and the Fiddler on the Roof stuff. That, it, that the choreography is so much a part of the performance that you can't take it away. So I think contractually they're obligated to 
do the Michael Bennett choreography. If anybody knows more on this, please like tweet at us and let us know. Because like, in the regions, you correct. you don't have to do the Michael Bennett choreography. Oh, I well, listen, I've seen a lot of regional community theater productions, and got. I mean, they don't do it well, but they're doing it. Okay, they're doing it. I once did it at a children's theater. Wow, um, that was awkward. That's um, with. Teenagers, but tits and ass really was not. Oh a... no, they, they still did, and, and it was kids like sixteen through nineteen. Mm. I saw it at a place that was even younger than that, Mm-mm. where they were like nine no. through thirteen. Nope. Um, there were forty kids on the line. The uh, she didn't say tits and ass; she said this and that, um, and still did the same choreography though. This and that. So she was still pointing to her breasts and so her rear. So it was just the elephant in the room all of a sudden. It, yes. it was like everyone yeah. knows what you're talking but about. Can yeah. I tell you the best moment of the show? Yes, please. Is when Zach, the director, came on stage, yes. and he was 13, obviously. He yeah. was the most mature person. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to choose... Contemplative pause. I'm going to choose... Contemplative pause. All of you! And everyone got to be in the show. Oh... That's really sweet. I was upset they did not That's do this ex- production at City Center. <laughs> That's exactly how show business is. <laughs> when Tony Asbeck comes out and goes, I choose all Everybody. of you. Boy, Robin Herter is a star. She played Cassie. Okay. Oh, my That's God. That's what you said. That's oh very my exciting. God, she was good. She's going to be in Moulin Rouge coming up pretty soon. Oh, so okay. That was wondering what catch we were going to see her Oh, in. shoot. She's good. Which they just announced for next next year. The, next year. That's and great. it's going to go into the Hirschfeld. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, where Kinky Boots was. Yes, the old Martin Beck Theater. The old Martin Beck. <laughs> Kevin and I were talking Sorry, guys, before we went been, on the air. I've been on this kick lately of trying to call the old theaters by their old name by being like, yeah, I'm going to go see Mean Girls at the Anta Theater tonight. I'm sorry. Kevin I said, mean, meet me at the Morosco. I'm like, that's a Starbucks, <laughs> Kevin. There's no show here anymore. We'll be at the 46th Street Theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that, yeah. I'm sure, in a couple of episodes mm-hmm. coming up. Um, what else is going on? Anything else big in the Just, theater world? Oh. Did you see the casting for that Fosse Verdon mm-hmm. Boy, that's exciting. I, you know what? How can you believe all this musical theater stuff that's getting made and yeah. just all these stories that are they're discovering and being told? I think it's so exciting. I'm very, it's what FX series, they do good work there. Yes. It's gonna be like what eight or nine part series. Yep. It's um, uh, Sam we, Rockwell yes. as Bob Fossey. Michelle Williams. The great Michelle Williams, who I like really, a lot. They're hiring Broadway people. So yes. I really appreciate that. And it's uh, it's an incredible cast. I'm trying to see if I can find and, and, it uh, here. Bianca, the lady from Mexico. Um, not Bianca Del Rio. No, 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 no. The but one I, playing Cheetah Rivera. I just worked with her last year on the concert of and the world goes around she played she was you do a lot of those concerts don't you so do you you love doing them though right i do i can't find my list here darn it oh that's Uh, but it's like i know like byron jennings is playing george abbott how cool is that evan handler is going to be hal prince laura osnes is shirley mcclain ethan slater Slater is going to be joel gray for him uh i love him boy he was robbed I have no problem saying that. And do you that think that it robbed. will do something for the history? You know, if, if all these Americans now see this, they're not gonna, they probably don't know anything about Fosse or Gwen Verdon. And now they're going to watch this and they're going to learn more about them. Do you yes. think that it'll make mean that we're going to see more Fosse uh, work being done? Do you think that there will be a co- correlation in that? You know, that that now that it's in everyone's sort of lexicon, they'll they'll want they'll be hungry. Chicago will stay open for ten more years. And I don't know. I just wonder if it'll if it this is good that we're educating people on the history of Broadway that we're using those stories as as viable stories. I don't. I'm trying to think because I mean his big works are Sweet Charity, mm-hmm. which maybe that'll have a resurgence. Maybe um, Pippin. I think it's hard to separate in people's minds from the most recent revival because mm-hmm. now everybody wants to do it like it takes place in a right. circus. So I don't know if that's 
ready to go back to what he had created right. originally. Uh, Chicago is done all the time. I don't, I don't know. I mean, unless people are like, hey, let's do New Girl in Town again. I'm dying to do Redhead. Yeah, I'm dying. Right. I, you know what's funny? I actually am dying to do Redhead. I, wa- I want to see a production of well, it. Well, maybe you can get Gwen Verdon to come back. Because I heard the only reason why it was any good at all was because of Gwen Verdon. Gwen, are you willing to come back? Gwen. I'm unavailable. I can't do it. I can't do it, Gwen Verdon. I'm trying, though. I'm unavailable. That's it. That's good. I'm trying. That's good. Yeah. I only saw her. In, you remember the movie Cocoon? She shows up in Cocoon oh, for a little bit. Donna Michi. Yeah, yeah, Donna Michi. Yeah. A great musical theater actor. Goldilocks. <laughs> the Hello. great Donna Michi. <laughs> and Henry Sweet Henry, right? Yes. Good job. I don't know if you've noticed. So in my hallway, which is where oh, we're yes. recording today, which, you know, this is great for a podcast, the, the visual references. My hallway is a hall of records. So it's a whole bunch of different records. Uh, but there are 26 frames. Why? One for each letter of the alphabet. And what I'm doing, Kevin, is now this is going to be like a Joe Allen's type thing. All the albums up there are going to be flops. <gasps> I like that. Well, not flops, underappreciated. Are they going to be like... In alphabetical order. So yes. Z is like Zulu and Zenda. Yes. Or Zenda. Yes. Or I have yes. Zenda if you need Zenda. Thank you. Um, I was going to say know, I need Angel could be A. Angel is A. Uh, see, it's like you're parading it in front of me. It's like you're teasing <laughs> me with that cast just, album. You'll listen Angel. to it and be like, I've heard better. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, wow. that's, that's that. That's, that's that. Um, but I, yeah, I cannot wait to watch this biopic. Mm-hmm. I Or bio series, I should say. And I, I hope mm-hmm. it's fabulous. And I'm I, sure it will be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's... He's already pretty popular. It's not like we're taking... You're right. You're right. I mean, to me, a more not an in, more interesting subject. I'd love to see one about Jerome Robbins. Yeah. Just the duality in which he led his life and the House on American activities. And, there was a lot there. And the fact that nobody seemed to like the man. He was such a perfectionist. I don't know. I think he would be an interesting You're person right. to take a look at. And we, and it's fascinating when we hear these stories of the guests that we yeah. had that worked with them. You really, and all, yeah. I feel like all of them are like, yes, he was genius. Yeah. Crazy as a loon, but like yeah. genius, yeah. but difficult, you know. Forgiving. Yeah. Forgiving for the craziness. I have yeah. to ask you, our guest this week was the fabulous Mary Stout. Did you have the salsa? I, I, I'm going to have it tonight, actually. Oh, or later really? tonight. Mm-hmm. We got chips and okay. I'm going to, yeah. Cool. I'm excited. Wish I had some, but that's okay. Okay, Rob. All Just right. save some for me. Save some for me. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I heard that you had a favorite thing, Gobble Gobble, and it's not Frank Wrench's intro. Gobble, gobble, what gobble, is your gobble, favorite gobble. thing? All right. My favorite thing is not Thanksgiving related, but it is related to uh, a, a listener of our podcast. I got to give a shout out. I'm dropping a mic. To Lawrence Spinelli, Larry Spinelli, and his wife, Arlene. I just got to thank you, Larry, for listening. And Larry... Uh, uh, decided to the, release some of his record collection and he drove up and gave me some of his collection and uh, to hold on to for a little while. Uh, and I and included in that were some books and some posters and some really great things. Uh, and my favorite thing is actually one of the books that he included in that uh, collection that he gave to me, which was so sweet. Um, uh, and, and I actually went into your bedroom to see if you have the book, Rob, and you do. Oh, really? Yes. This book, I have seen the book before uh, it it was it was published. I have often seen it, was, it was published the year before. that I think I graduated high school and you graduated. I think not the same year as me, but close. I graduated in 1998. I graduated high school. Yeah, I graduated two thousand one. Okay, okay. So this book came out in ninety eight. It is basically I give it away now. It's basically what we do, but in a book, and not like the other books, like making it on Broadway, like Cry that, Jody, that Jody Langle wrote. No, no, no. It's, it's the history of Broadway in an oral archive, 
but it's it's in the it's in the book. So you hear the stories of all of these Broadway greats. But because it's the '90s, you get that crossover to the Golden Age. So what? yes, it's like half the people are people we've interviewed. It's on my shelf. Yeah, it's on your shelf. All right. The title of this book is "It Happened on Broadway: An Oral History of the Great White Way." And then underneath that, it says the magic of American theater in the words of the stars, directors, producers, press agents, designers, and playwrights who uh, who liked it. Who yeah, you who made it yeah. Yeah, so this is, it's a husband and wife team. Uh, Myrna Katz-Fromer and Harvey Fromer uh, did all of the research and, and put out this book. They're professors still, uh, now this is like something like 20, 20 years later, but they're professors still up at Dartmouth College. Yeah. Uh, they've done other books like uh, about the Catskills and about baseball and about, oh. but, but the theater is their passion. They met at NYU in undergrad. And so they, it's like kind of like the Rick McKay on, on the uh, DVD that we, you know, what Rick did. It's kind of yeah. like they did similar work, but they put it in a book. Uh, and the book, it, it's, it's a, it's, it's like more of a coffee table book. I, I kind of want to go in your room and just grab it just so you can see what I'm talking about. But it's it's like you a nice talking. Side. I'm going to go grab okay, it. Okay, it's, it's on the bottom shelf. It's there. It's Thank under, you. down the below. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a nice co- size coffee table book. So it's very glossy. It's very nice. And I think if you go on Amazon.com, there is a paperback version. So you don't have to pony up the full version if you want. But it, it's very nice. And inside of it, yes, they've got all of, sometimes it's just, it's quotes of the, you know, the opening story is Carol Channing talking about how she discovered that her love of performance performing and why she wanted to become a performer when she was a little kid and she was an only child and blah, blah, blah. And then they also have like Betty Comden and Adolph Green in conversation. So you just get that. But there's no commentary. So you don't get these people's opinions. You just have the work that they did. And they must have had to do a lot of work in order to get to all these people. Um, uh, of course, what I love is that seeing, you know, this book was published in 1998 and yet here are some of the guests that you can see some of the stories that they tell in the book and then you can go back to our interviews and hear them when we talk to them. Lynn Cario, Ted Chapin, uh, Judy Kay, Richard Malpe, Leroy Reams, David Shire, uh, Strauss, Tony Walton, who, which, which is an upcoming episode. Um, and then of course, what I, like I was saying earlier, what I love is that because it's 98 and they did the research in the 90s, all of those legends were still alive that they could talk to, like Richard Kiley and Vincent Sardi and Mary Rogers and you know, John Raitt and Gwen Verdon. So you get the real golden age folks uh, and you get to hear about their experiences and why they chose to go into the business and how they got started. And um, the chapters are like you would expect. You know, the one, one chapter is called Broadway Calling. Uh, the other is called uh, Look, Look, Look Who's Dancing Now. Uh, the X Factor. Uh, that's the craft. So the, each chapter is sort of a focus on a different theme. Uh, and then it's just uh, each person, each paragraph of the person, you know, quoted as, as talking um, is is just, you know, there's no order to that. You get Carol Channing and then it's, you know, Manny Azer. So, um, and then I just said that there were photographs of old, old Broadway shows and old Broadway theater as well. So I think I always love seeing old photographs of, you know, the golden age because I always like to try to see like the marquees and see what the city looked like and all, you know, just what that people were doing the exact same thing a hundred years ago yes. that we literally still do today, regardless of the technology. Yes, there's sound in the theater, but really people going into that black space and having going away for a little while, you know, that's never changed. And I just love seeing that in old photographs. Um, so yeah, so the, my my favorite thing is this coffee table book. It happened on Broadway, an oral history of the Great White Way, by the husband and wife team Frommer, F R O M M E R, and thanks Larry Spinelli. 
That's so sweet. Yeah. I, you know what's so funny? I had the book on my shelf. I've never picked it up. I can, I was, I ran into Rob's room when I got here, you guys. And I, cause I thought, I no, I've seen that before on Rob's shelf. And it, you, you do. Yeah. It's, it, it's great. It's, it, it's, I never read it, it. there's so much in there and uh, you can jump around if you want. It's just, it's a fun book. And I love that you actually have your the favorite thing already because I always around. have to go online and, and buy them. Yeah. I, I always, you were like, it's a hit, this book. And I'm, there I am. One more thing from eBay showing up in our apartment. I had to get a lot of stuff when I was in LA because I couldn't go see. <laughs> the shows <laughs> had to read it wherever i could man i love it thank you i love it that's great I, well so, now yeah. well now i'm gonna read it tonight good what you looking for did you lose something my water oh, here your water he yeah, found his water it. people i know you're concerned he found his water um my favorite thing boy this i think this is so interesting this is um a youtube clip it All is right. a youtube clip that i had stumbled upon accidentally it is more theater related than musical theater hey, related. Okay. If you're willing to go with me on is it, is it a Tony Awards clip? No. Okay. No. No. We have <laughs> one of those done. awful years, you know, when they were like they stood in, they like sat in a semicircle on stage not. and they were like doing the, their famous monologues, yes. but out of context, and they're like, looking huh? at each other. And you're like, you're what? Like, what is this? What is going on here? What are guys? they doing? I don't know. So not that. No. I like the one. First of all, okay. Let me. Okay. Now you got me on a tangent. Let me just go back really quickly. Sorry, guys. I. I am not a fan. I, I was a fan. I was a fan. I was a fan when they were like, we're going to present little scenes from the plays. Yeah. This was done in 87, I think 88, 89, 90. Sounds like when Lansbury was hosting. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And people were like, this is so weird. I never thought it was weird. All they simply did was somebody came out and was like, in this scene, the mother has just found out that the son stole $5,000. Here you go. I was like, this is context. Great. We can see a little acting. Yeah. Then somebody, I think it was after the, the Coens left, Alexander Cohen and Hildy Parks. Yeah. Then somebody said, well, now we got to reinvent the wheel. And they did that weird shit <laughs> where it was like the actors in a circle, like doing their monologues yeah. to each other. You're like, what the fuck yeah, is going weird. on here? It's <laughs> weird. What is this? Or do you remember the one, I think this was, somebody helped me out, 92, 93, 94, one of those, where it was like, we're going to show you how a play Gets put on right. Well, it was, probably it was ninety three or ninety four because that's when there were only they like did, two musicals, yeah. so there was no. And they did like Angels in America, yeah. and like all the other actors like played, and he, like this is how an audition goes, <laughs> and like show us how you auditioned for someone to watch over me. <gasps> so awkward. And how do you stage something? Let's watch this scene from Sisters Rosenzweig. It's like just do the. F- we just do scene. it. Yeah. Sorry. Now you got me angry. Oh, anyway, man. I wish they would come back, though. I wish they would keep doing little scenes from plays. Yeah. I was like, it worked. I don't know why you had to reinvent the wheel. No, what this Strangely is, enough, this is not his favorite thing, no, you guys. No, it's not. You just got me on a tangent. <laughs> but agree or disagree, hit me up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Um, this is a clip that I discovered, and I am in love with it. And this woman, unfortunately, has passed away. But if you were around Essie, her name is Essie, E-S-E-E-E, don't bother writing it because she's not going to stay with us. Essie, we all got pain. Essie Coopsonet. I hope I pronounced that name correctly. Essie Coopsonet, Cupsonet, K-U-P-C-I-N-E-T. She was a talent coordinator for a talk show called Cup Show, K-U-P, Cup Show, K-U-P apostrophe S. It was Cup Show. Who was Cup? He was Irv uh, Cupsonet. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. He was a football player turned talk show host out of Chicago. I had never heard of him before. I don't know how good the show was. I don't know how much of a mainstay he was in the Chicago area. So maybe our Chicago friends can give us a a hand and help us out. So why are we talking about him? Because in 1977, his wife, Essie, who was the talent coordinator of this show, thought it would be a good idea to put these four artists in a room together and just have a conversation about censorship violence in the theater, violence on television, foul language in the theater, and what is the purpose of an artist's role? Hmm. Who are these four artists in this 1977 talk show? It is. Wait, this is like public access talk show, it sounds like. I, it sounds like he was sorry. On, I mean, it, it sounds, sounds like, like he was like a on local, a local yeah. network in Chicago. Yeah. And the like, show was then syndicated like out. Like Stairway to Stardom kind of thing? No, it, I don't think it was one a Stairway. step up from it that? Was one, it's, it's, okay. it's higher than All right. that. All right. from sorry, I'm sorry here. to interrupt you. No, so, no, no. These four people. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to think I'm making fun of this, and I'm not making fun of it, because I wish more (laughs) stuff like this would happen today. The four guests are um, pre-Broadway, really, David Mamet, who they refer to as this young, aspiring playwright. He's from Chicago. That's right, yeah. Elizabeth Ashley, the great actress, um, who was starring in Vanities at the time at the Drury Lane. Uh, Famed film director Otto Preminger. And... Lucille Ball, who is in town to collect an award and just is on the talk show. How in the world did he assemble these? I mean, Essie should get some credit. Essie, we don't got pain anymore. This is one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. They talk, first of all, for an hour. And it's, first of all, everyone's smoking. Of course. Everyone's smoking. It's either the most awkward production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf you've ever seen in your life, or it's like, the worst situation of like where the daughter brings home the son and the future son-in-law and the parents are just sitting there. They are never on the same page. They are having all these different arguments. Lucy and Otto Preman, Lucy's from the school of like, you just do it, kid. And then the host asked David Mammon, he goes, he says you're, a, he goes, uh, it says here, David, that you're a method writer. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? And he goes, and he gives this long fucking explanation that makes no sense. And he goes, so, so I try to write with action. And Lucio Ball goes, isn't that what writing is? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and they, like, they don't go at it. They're just, like, real ballsy with each other. Yeah. Going after, like, these ideas of what censorship should be, what violence should be. There's a great scene where Lucy's like, when's the commercial? And he's like, oh, we don't do commercials here. She goes, okay. She opens up her purse while she's talking, digs around in her purse while she's talking, pulls out a pill, like takes her pill, and then like continues on talking about whatever else is going right. on. It's, see, it, go, it goes back to the old television where they weren't precious about what nope. they did. She's like stroking Otto Preminger's oh hands throughout the whole I thing. Elizabeth Ashley tells Otto Preminger that what he's talking about is bullshit. Oh my God. After Lucille Ball has been like, we need to clean up language on television. And Elizabeth Ashley goes, that's bullshit. And she goes, ha! Ah, it is bullshit. 
So they're having a good time. David Mamet comes off so pretentious, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Somebody he starts talking about Bruno Bettelheim and wh- and why that's important on television violence. And she goes, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> it's literally like George and Martha meet Honey and Nick. Yes. But always like around table discussion talk show. in Chicago. Like on a talk show, and, and the like, imaginary son is poor Irv cups in it, and it's hosted by a former like uh, what was he football player, baseball player, or something yes. like a sports guy. It's it's amazing. <laughs> now I have to say, I God bless him, his writing is so brilliant. David Mamet comes off so pretentious and so um, inarticulate. Had he had any uh, hits yet? He was the wonder child of Chicago right. with American Buffalo. Yes. Um, but that was, we didn't have Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross at this time. We didn't really have the hugest set. His we canon, just, yeah. yeah. Elizabeth Ashley, great actress, who had had a nervous breakdown and talks openly on there about, like, I had a nervous breakdown and I went away for a while. And Luke's like, you were in the loony bin. And she goes, yeah, I put myself in the loony bin. Um it's amazing. Whoa. Like so. Anyway, yeah. I think Lucy talking about the fact that like her type of comedy isn't going to be popular anymore, and maybe David Mamet could write one of her episodes oh <laughs> before uh, they confront Otto Preminger about the violence that he uses on set and the fights he's had with actors. But what I find so interesting wow. about it, yes, it's funny because you're like you put it's like sounds like a joke. Like yeah. Lucille Ball and David Mamet oh, yeah. walk into a bar. Yeah, it's not. What I want to applaud about this show is you're watching four artists who are at the top of their game discussing what art means without commercial, without um, plugging anything. No one is there to plug anything. They're all working on projects, and you have no idea that they're all working on projects. They just want to have this discussion about what does art mean and what is the the role of censorship and how much violence is too much violence, what is the American taste like. I don't know where we have this today. Where a conversation like that would happen? For an hour talking about so many different topics revolving the arts and culture and government. Theater talk is the only place I can think of. But theater talk won't do that. They won't go that far. No, theater talk is... Charlie Rose, maybe. Are we allowed to say his name anymore? I mean, I don't know. But but even that is like one-on-one, and what are you plugging? No, you're right. And it's always through some person's press agent that got them the the gig on the TV show to push their book or whatever. But this is just four random people that just because they were free and in Chicago that day, they got together to have like a chit-chat. Yeah, four distinct... Artists who all have different viewpoints. I just, I love it. I love it. And yeah, the, the reason I'm mentioning it today as a favorite thing is because I would love to see more of this because I think there's an audience for it. No one's plugging anything. No one is yelling and screaming at each other impolitely. Right. All the con- all the topics are articulate. While David Mamet, like I said, is a little long-winded and a little pretentious, he's still making very valid, wonderful points. Yeah. I j- and I think it's interesting that it's not all, they're not all from the same world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Yeah. A stage actress, television actress, director, writer, playwright. When you came over the other day, we watched that Dinah Shore clip. Oh, yeah. Mormon. It reminds me a little bit of that, even though you had... we. So, you guys, we watched 1975 special, Ethel Merman on this Dinah Shore show, but they had... It was like a salute to Broadway, and they had Jack Cassidy and Michelle Lee, Robert Morris, Merman. Who was the other one? I forget. But Phil Silvers. Phil Silvers. All right. And they were all... But they all, like, didn't really know each other. Like, they, of course... Like, the older ones did, Jack Cassidy and Merman... But they, it, it was kind of these random people and watching them talk over each other and yeah. talk at each other because no one had practice like they do today where everything's 
everything's recorded for posterity, so everyone's yeah. very careful how they talk now. Yes. And I loved how, how, how just more real they were in the 70s. So I wish we had that. I wish we had more. Because I think today, people would be way more precious with what they would say. Absolutely. You would never have loose, loose, you know, Ball and, and Elizabeth Ashley and even Mamet probably to be talking that open if they knew that 50 years later we'd be watching yeah, it today. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. But I wish that we could live in that fantasy land. That I, I wish so too. I wish so too. So anyway, I, I think it's really wonderful. I think it's, a fun thing. It's not one of the ones that we normally recommend where you can like turn it on and like go around and doing your bit and like laughing in the back. I think you actually have to sit down and just and enjoy it. 55 minutes. Yeah. So the way to find it is you go to YouTube and you just uh, type in Cups Show, K-U-P apostrophe S Show, and then just type in Lucille Ball. Um, and it should be one of the first things that comes up. And like I said, it's from 1977. It's To me, it's just a really fascinating uh, discussion amongst four artists mm. talking about things that we as artists don't really talk about yeah. so much anymore. Um, so anyway, that is mine. I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy Lucy, Otto, David, and Elizabeth. And then <laughs> and go, reading. See, go, go see them at Drury Lane yeah, and Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. Of Virginia Wolf. <laughs> That's awesome. And when you, while you're there, you can uh, check out the book It Happened on Broadway, An Oral History of the Great White Way. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, listeners. We're so thankful for you. We are indeed. Till next time. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.